The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live, our daily webcast and podcast. I'm Alex Ewell, Deputy Editor of Barron's. Thanks for joining us today for our update on tech stocks. I'm joined by my colleague, Eric Savitz, Barron's Associate Editor, who covers tech for us from his perch in Silicon Valley. So we certainly have a lot to talk about today. Um, We might be in a recession, we learned this morning, and yet stocks are up, including a healthy 0.6% gain for the NASDAQ. The tech heavy index is up about 13% now from its June low, and that includes yesterday's 4% rally, which was actually index's best gain since April 2020. So that's sort of the context for earnings season, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Uh, and Eric, I want to I want to welcome and I want to get you in on this. So we're um, we're three fifths of the way through big tech earnings, um, <laughs> right? Um, none of the numbers have been particularly good. And yet the reaction to the stocks has been kind of decent in the sense that Alphabet and Microsoft, which were the first to report on Tuesday night, actually rallied on their news. Meta this morning is down on their news. They had a disappointing report last night. So let's kind of walk through the three that we've seen so far, winners, losers, and, and what we've learned so far. Sure. Well, let's start with Microsoft, because I think that's the one that um, I think it's, if, if there was one single factor that drove the rally yesterday, it was uh, Microsoft's earnings report. And here's what happened, right? So Microsoft's uh, uh, June quarter, which, by the way, is their fiscal fourth quarter, so the end of their year, uh, their numbers were a little bit below their guidance and a little bit below consensus, um, but not by a wide margin. They, they they are certainly impacted by all of the same macro issues that everybody else is feeling. Uh, right. The strength in the dollar, the you know the weak performance of the economy, uh, inflation, all that stuff. And in fact, in their press release, they actually call out like a long laundry list of all the things that affected their results, and that included like weak PC demand and softer advertising uh, spend, like a whole long list of things that uh, probably trimmed the, the trimmed the top uh, line for them by about a billion dollars. That yeah, one said, thing, by the way, Eric, yeah. one thing I'll say so far this earnings season is whether you're in tech or not, it is not it is not hard to come up with those rainy day excuses um, for why numbers might not be good. Yes, that's right. No, but I think, but, but, and, and, and they had that whole list, right? You could add to that, like yeah. Russia and COVID, like there's plenty of things you can add to the list. Yeah, now, yeah, I, yeah. I think the, the key in, in Microsoft's case, and you could you could just see the moment when this happened. If you listen to their earnings call, um, uh, you know, maybe half an hour into the call, the Microsoft CFO, Amy Hood, started providing guidance. And she said that the company sees double digit growth um, in both revenues and um, and operating income on a constant currency basis for the new fiscal year, so the June 2023 fiscal year. As right. soon as she said that, uh, the stock took off, and you could just almost feel sentiment feel a little better because what right. she was it had basically been, it had been right? negative until then, right? In in, in aftermarket, yeah, trading. the stock had been up and down, kind of bouncing around the flat line, but like okay. it totally shifted the tone. And, and okay. it was all about this idea 
that we're going to be okay. Like, right, like right. despite all of these short-term issues, we're going to be okay. Now, there, there are a couple of other positives, though, that are worth mentioning in Microsoft's uh, uh, numbers. One is they had really strong demand for uh, really good numbers from Azure, their, uh, their public cloud business, uh, up 46% in cost of currency. That was about in line with expectations. They said that in the September quarter, it will be a little bit lower sequentially, but still uh, like 43% in constant currency is their forecast of the year. So cloud demand seems very robust. And they also said they had very strong um, commercial bookings, basically, you know, their business customers uh, on a constant currency basis are up in the low 30s. And so the, the sense is basically lots of short-term headwinds for them as for everyone else, but but the, the long term looks good, and and in, and then you know, uh, and, and that that made people feel better. Right. Okay. And as this was happening, we also had Alphabet's numbers. The Google parent had come out at the exact same time, basically, um, and that stock, maybe in sympathy with Microsoft, or maybe because of its own numbers, also ended up having a pretty good reaction to uh, to the numbers. Despite the fact that those were also sort of on a on a headline level, they were they were a miss and below expectations. So, right. so what was what was good about Alphabet and, and what was what did we learn there? Yeah, well, I th- a couple of things. So one thing I think is we have a trend this quarter where you have there's like how did you relative to expectations, and then uh, there's this phrase you keep saying like worse like better than feared, right? So there was right. like whatever the stated consensus numbers are, that's not real. Like the people are worrying that numbers would be considerably worse. And you certainly saw that in Alphabet's case. And I, I think a key to this is that their core search advertising business is still doing okay, still growing double digits. You know, the, the, they, they are less exposed, considerably less exposed uh, than uh, Meta, which we'll get to in a moment, to yeah. like the Apple uh, privacy changes. Um, you know, the nature of search advertising is so tied to what it is that you specifically are looking for. You type in your stated intent um, into the search box that it's it's just a it, it's a better form of advertising, easier form of advertising uh, uh, to manage than uh, than in Meta's case, where you're and, or other places where you're trying to do display advertising. It's and is it is it conceivable with search? You know, advertising historically has always been this thing that in a downturn, in a recession, because it's fungible to some degree it's the first thing to go and people get really worried about it do you think do you think we're learning now that when it comes to search advertising and just the search internet search in general that that's a little bit more of a defensive type of um product actually and maybe not as vulnerable to a downturn yeah i think that's right i think it's become a kind of a almost a mandatory utility that you need to do a certain amount of search advertising um, right. we'll, we'll we'll uh we'll get another look at this uh later today uh, when Amazon reports their numbers, because their advertising business is is very similar in the sense that it's all about product discovery. It's not about, uh, uh, you know, this need to sort of intuit what people might be looking for. Right, they're right. telling okay, you specifically yeah. what they're looking for. Now, I, I, I have one other all thing right, about Meta. Let me just add one other thing about Meta, yeah. which is that um, yeah. although it's not as core to the story, um, uh, the cloud is not as core to the meta story as it is the Microsoft story. They did have pretty good growth in the Google cloud. You mean Google, Eric, right? Google. We're yes, talking Google, Google, sorry, Google cloud. Yeah, right. Yeah. So okay. the, the Google, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So in the Google, in, in the alphabet numbers, 
uh, Google Cloud showed good growth again. Um, now they're losing money there. And it, again, it's not as core to the story uh, yeah. as cloud is Microsoft story, but it's still a pretty good indicator that that business is just getting started. Got it. Okay. All right. So th yeah, that's really useful. So let's cloud aside because we're going to come back to it. So that, that remember for everyone on the call, cloud, you know, has had a, a, a good week so far, even as kind of it has been more mixed for the rest of tech. Um, right. So and now let's go to meta which as people listening to this call know, has been struggling for months now, even before worries about the, the, the economy. Um, not, they didn't do much. The earnings numbers last night didn't do much to help out Meta's case. Is that right, Eric? Yeah, so there's, there, there's a, a, a whole bunch of problems uh, that Meta has. Now, they face the same uh, macro issues that everyone else does. Uh, they are hugely exposed to the advertising market. Basically, their business is selling advertising, and the advertising market is right. soft. Now, everyone knew that going in. And remember, going in, we knew we'd already seen uh, Snap's terrible uh, numbers, Twitter had bad numbers, and we'd seen uh, Alphabet's numbers. So we had a pretty good idea of what the advertising climate was like, which was not so good, right? So that, that part was not a surprise. Uh, they did miss a little bit uh, relative to street numbers, but I don't think that's really the issue. The issue was uh, several other things. Uh, the guidance for the September quarter was hugely disappointing. And if you look at the, you know, there there's certainly if you, you know, anywhere in the range that they provided, uh, they're going to be it's going to be a down quarter year over year in revenues at the bottom of the range it would be down 10% from a year ago. Uh, they're, they're, they're facing a you know, not only is it, are they facing this difficult economic environment, they face uh, continuing intense competition uh, from TikTok, um, yeah. which is a problem. Yeah. And they still have not solved uh, this uh, problem uh, that Apple taking a tougher stance on privacy, making it harder to keep track of what people are doing on their iPhones, yeah. makes it harder for them to target advertising. And that remains yeah. a problem. And, and there are a couple of other things. Like one is... They're spending a lot of money trying to build the metaverse uh, in their that that division, which they call Reality Labs, uh, which also includes uh, like Oculus headsets. They've been yeah, losing virtual, about virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. So they've been they've been losing about three billion dollars quarter in that business, and they will continue to do that, like as far as the eye can see. So like they're not getting any help there yet. Um, and the other problem they have is that. Their TikTok competitor, which is called Reels, another short form video service, while doing better, I mean, they said basically they're now on about a billion dollar run rate uh, for revenue uh, at revenue from Reels, um, does not monetize as well as other parts of the platform. And so whenever you, um, whenever people uh, use Reels instead of using like stories or, you know, newsfeed or whatever, they make less money. So, like that, that it that is a problem for them too, and and I think the most fundamental problem here, if you contrast with Microsoft, for example, is that they have the same short-term problems more or less. The long-term, Microsoft made it clear that the long-term looks pretty good on the intermediate yeah. term, for that matter, right? Yeah. yeah for yeah. Meta, there's no there's no confidence that the medium term uh, uh, looks so good, and for the long term, 
it's a complete crapshoot because it's all based yeah. on the metaverse yeah. and, and the I, stream is just rejecting the whole thing. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think to if we if, if I had to summarize Meta's issue right now, and we're seeing this not just for earnings, we're seeing this with a bunch of different reports and media, you know, news stories you're seeing about how Mark Zuckerberg has been handling some of their recent town halls and t- telling people, uh, he told, reportedly told um, the company that he thought a lot of the staff there probably shouldn't be there anymore. You know, times are not good there. I, they're just in the middle of an identity crisis. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And, yeah, Mark, um, Mark said on the call last night that we need to do more with less. Now, like, I'm not sure you want to be, do you want to be at a company that was trying to make you do more with less? Like, no, it's, right. It, it's, it's a challenging situation. And, you know, yeah. I, I just think that um, uh, it is a, you know, what Wall Street would likes to call a show me story. They need to prove that they can solve some of these issues. Um, you know, I, the other thing that's interesting is while they cut, they, they announced that they were going to, uh, for the second quarter in a row, they announced they're trimming operating expense. Um you know, so they're they're tightening. They're they're as you say, they're reducing headcount um, ads and things like that. But they're not cutting uh, capital expense. They they actually maintain their uh, capital uh, spending forecast because one thing about the metaverse is it sounds like it's up there in the ether, but it really requires huge commitments of servers and other kinds of hardware. Right. You need to build something to build the metaverse. Yeah. And it's expensive, and they're they are committed to doing it and, um, with, and, oh. with with no business model, with no apparent business model yet to attach to it. Of course, yeah. Now let me just add so. two other very quick things on Meta that I think are worth pointing out. One is like almost lost in the shuffle yesterday of the earnings news was another kind of bad piece of news for Meta, which is they had agreed to acquire this little virtual reality software company called Within, which makes a um, uh, like a, a, a workout video, for a workout application for VR. Um, uh, and they announced the deal like last fall. And yesterday, the FTC announced that they're going to sue to try and stop this deal from happening. And what that tells you, right, is like, and this is a small deal, right? This is the, the terms were never announced, but it was a company that raised about $50 million in venture capital. Yeah. Could be more yeah. than a few hundred million dollar deal. And the FTC has decided to try and stop it, which tells you their regulatory problems are not anywhere uh, near being addressed and remain a problem for them. And look, if they want to buy their way into the metaverse, um, that's going to be a problem because the FTC is not going to let them. And and I just want to, can I just go, I just want to say one thing on that because we, we sort of talked about how this feels really random as the target for the FTC just because virtually. Just virtual reality is small still. Meta doesn't exactly have a huge grasp in it. So, like, why go after this particular thing, given the FTC's big ambitions? And for me, I'm just I'm thinking this through. I mean, all of this at the end of the day is sort of a political calculation, even for a executive, you know, even for an executive agency or independent agency like the FTC. And I think it just comes down to the fact that Meta and Facebook now are no longer popular. And I got to think there's a calculation going on there that says, look, we want to make a show of it. We want to go after some of these tech companies. Amazon may still be too useful to people. Apple may still be too useful to people. Google search is still too loved. So where are we, we going to aim our fire? Well, let's go after Facebook. Now, that's speculation. And, and I should, as a reporter, I probably, I, I can't back that up. But I just, that is my, it that's what my feel that way right now. It, it, 
Yes, it feels like you can go after them without political consequence because they're kind of exactly on both yeah. sides of the aisle. I'll add one other thing that yeah. I think is interesting that that made last night's earnings call kind of a, uh, a kind of interesting historic moment. It was the last call that Charles Sandberg uh, was will do as the COO of uh, the company as the as, as the number two person tomorrow. Um, and which was an interesting moment. Now, some there's been some speculation that she just didn't want to uh, play a role. And uh, now, of course, Cheryl played a key role in the development of the advertising business at, uh, at Facebook. And the reporting is that she doesn't really want to play that role for the metaverse for whatever reason. I don't know whether she doesn't believe in it or whatever, but that was interesting. And then they also announced the CFO change. So Dave Weiner, who's been the CFO uh, 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 for some time now, the company is getting kind of kicked upstairs to be the chief strategy officer I also who also handle corporate development and um, uh, one of his lieutenants who's now uh, the media finance will become the CFO. So you had yeah. two of the main players on the call um, were, are uh, are going to change. So you have you know a, 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 some big changes at the management level too. Um, yeah, safe, safe to nervous. I think safe to say that Cheryl Sandberg was probably the happiest person then on this call last night. Getting out. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's. Um, all right, so that that takes us kind of to current. Tonight we get Amazon earnings. That'll come first, right at a, right as the market closes at about four. Apple about a half an hour later will report. Let's let's talk about Amazon first. Amazon and and you actually just wrote a cover story about Amazon, which was really thorough, going through kind of the the stock opportunity right now, which we can talk about too. But Amazon basically, we have to take back. We have to now remember some of the things we just talked about from the first three companies that reported because Amazon has become kind of amalgam of lots of things, right? It's it's kind of half cloud and half retail with, as you said, a little bit of advertising thrown in. The retail picture we know for, for e-commerce and, and retail in general, not great right now. And Amazon's really been struggling there. Um, the cloud picture we've now seen is still doing pretty well. Um, you argued that in your story as well. Advertising, you know, we're not quite sure, maybe somewhere in the middle. So with those kind of three big things um, in mind, uh, what are you expecting for Amazon uh, tonight? We could talk short term and then maybe we can talk a little bit more. Well, what does it mean for the long term um, based on what we hear? Sure. So uh, so I think the number the numbers are likely to be terrible. Uh, I, I mean, I said that in the, in the cover story this week and um, I still think the numbers are going to be terrible. And, and, and we had some evidence of that. Right. So on the retail side. A couple of recent uh, data points uh, point to this. Uh, you know, Walmart reduced their uh, guidance uh, and and uh, you know cited a bunch of things, including a sl- kind of a shift of retail spending towards uh, essentials and away from non-essential goods. Uh, that's partly a reflection of uh, of inflation. When you know, if milk costs more and maybe you buy less uh, other stuff um and so that's that's one issue that they face right that, that, that there's been this there's this underlying softening of consumer spend and you know you also saw this week um some uh, not very good numbers from shopify 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 of course is a, an e-commerce software platform that runs you know thousands i don't know millions of uh, of e-commerce websites uh, they not only did they have kind of bad numbers, they laid off like 10 percent of their staff yeah. um, and kind of gave a mea culpa that they had made some strategic errors 
uh, uh, coming out of the pandemic, over-investing. Uh, now, by the way, and that's actually echoes something we heard from Amazon last quarter, which is that they over-invested in staff and facilities during the pandemic as they tried to respond to a surge in demand they kind of right. overshot. Um, right. So I, th I think there's just no way the e-commerce numbers are going to be very good. They're probably going to lose money in e-commerce this quarter. Uh, total, uh, you know, their first party business, their, you know, their core Amazon stores business is likely to show uh, year over year decline in revenues. It's going to be a little ugly on the e-commerce side. Now, the, the street largely knows that, but uh, nonetheless. And Eric, know. Eric, I just want to before. So before we talk about cloud and, and, and more long term, you note in, in your cover story, I think the estimate for revenue growth overall for Amazon is something in the neighborhood of four or five percent, right? So right. that's not very good by Amazon standards, but it's still growth. We we, we talked about in the story. There is the potential if things are if they if there's a substantial miss, that would mean revenue would decline. And we wrote that it would be the first time ever, similar to what happened with Meta, I believe yesterday. It would be the first right. time ever that Amazon showed a decline in year-over-year -year revenue. Yeah, that's right. And and one thing that could be a contributing factor here, right, is currency. Uh, because, you know, like like every company uh, we've, we, we've been talking about, they, you know, they pro that provides guidance, they make a forward guess at what the headwind might be or, you know, or the tailwind in some cases uh, from currency. And like every company is underestimating the currency headwind. Uh, you, could, you could wipe out most of the... Uh, you know the the constant currency gain just from uh, from foreign exchange here. So yeah, there's a possibility it could be their first year over year revenue decline. Um, the only other time they got close was in in 2001, like at the worst part of the uh, uh, of right, the right. internet bubble blowing apart. Uh, so it's been more than 20 years since that happened. The last two quarters actually they were both uh, were both under 10% growth. That was the only other time. So less than 10% growth. So yeah, this is going to be a historically bad quarter. Now, there are some offsets. Um, I, I think uh, the, the key, and in many ways, the key to how the the, the market reacts to the quarter is, is going to be about AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, which is, um, you know, their cloud business. They are the leading provider of cloud services. This is a business that's on a like $100 billion run rate. Um, it is a huge business. I've, I've said before, I think it's probably the best uh, single business in enterprise computing, standalone or otherwise. It's just a fantastic business that continues to uh, produce fan, you know, huge growth, fantastic uh, a generator of cash. It will produce more than 100% of their operating income this quarter. Uh, it's right. just a great business. Now, the, 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 the question in the short run, uh, which could influence the short run of the stock is what do they say about the future growth of AWS? What kind of guidance do they provide? What kind of color do they provide? Are they being affected by any slowing of their customers' businesses? Right, and of course, AWS serves retail customers and right. um, social media customers and streaming video customers and other people who uh, you know uh, could and, and, uh, uh, whose usage of the platform could go down a little potentially impacting the numbers. Now, that said, the point I made in the story this weekend was, for the long run, this is a fantastic business and it is undervalued. Um, yeah, you, and, you know. and we're gonna see this. So 
I thought was interesting for one of the things that was particularly interesting in your story is that even though we know Amazon has become this cloud business and investors know it and Wall Street knows it, there's still this sense that every time e-commerce disappoints, Amazon looks like it's failing and, and, the, and, the, and Wall Street reacts accordingly. So we're probably going to see that play out again in the numbers this afternoon, as you've said. And yet your point would be, as you made in the cover story, sort of like you got to look past that and... And, it's, and, and, and if the stock sells off again tomorrow, which it may on these numbers, um, it would be because of an e-commerce disappointment, most likely. You kind of have to think long term and, and, and put, a, put a focus on the cloud and an understanding that at the end of the day, Amazon is really now a cloud company that deserves a, a bigger valuation um, because of that, right? Yeah, I mean, look, Amazon has a market cap of a little over a bill, a little over a trillion dollars, one point two trillion, I think, as we right, uh, as right. we speak. You know, the, it, it's pretty easy to argue, uh, you know, that the cloud business alone is worth that much, and then that's not counting a whole bunch of other things, not just their their retail business, but they've built out this huge logistics network, cars, airplanes, warehouses. This advertising business of theirs is now on a uh, I don't know, close to $35, 40000000000 billion run rate. Um, way bigger way bigger than Snap and Twitter, as you pointed out in the store. <laughs> bigger than both combined, yeah. So they, yeah, right, they, right. it's a really good business and, and just a, a genius move by Amazon to do this because it, it makes it, you know, one of the things about Amazon, of course, is like no matter what you search for, uh, you know, if you search for, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, staplers, uh, like there's going to be 200 staplers. So like, then you have right, to figure out right. which one to buy. So how do I get your attention? I buy an ad. Um, so it, it's a, it's a really good business and one that I think should hold up reasonably well, uh, even in a downturn, uh, yeah. on their right, advertising so, side. Okay. So, and your numbers, I just want to, we, we should go on some things to get to is that, um, you were you were looking at these some of the parts valuations in your story. You had a really good analysis of four different models from different analysts, and we were looking at anywhere from valuations that could be like one and a half trillion, two trillion, to up to three trillion plus, which is suggests like a double or a triple for Amazon if you take that some of the parts analysis. Right. So right, and that, you know, that'll that take, out that's there. not tomorrow. That's not going right. to happen tomorrow, but it, but it will over time. Um, I think get there. I, one other thing we should talk about at Amazon before we jump to Apple. Is uh, you know they they did do uh, a fascinating acquisition uh, announcement uh, a few days ago where they yeah. they're buying yeah. this company One uh, Health, One Medical. I'm sorry, One Medical. One, uh, one Medical, uh, right, right. Uh, which has a weird parent name, like called what's the parent name? Alex One Life. Uh, one Healthcare or something. Healthcare Life, Life Healthcare, something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. So uh, so this is a, basically a, a, a group of like 125, I think, um, healthcare clinics around the country and. It's a fascinating uh, move by Amazon, which has already made a few little moves into the healthcare space to try and get a foothold in a in what is, you know, arguably the the largest sector of the economy where it doesn't have a huge bet. They're not. It, it's hard to argue why there would be any antitrust uh, uh, logic to stopping them from doing this deal. And in the long run, you know, you could see them adding healthcare services to Amazon Prime. It's a really interesting thing to do. I, I, I agree. I thought this was so fascinating. Um, and I, I, was, I was telling some folks that when it happened that, you know, last week, that to me, this was sort of like had the potential to be more substantial over the long term than the Whole Foods acquisition. 
but what we, you know, but I remember, but the Whole Foods acquisition, the market went nuts. Everything sold off. Everything from packaged foods to grocers to um, because we about the Amazon effect. And I don't know. In the end, I don't think Whole Foods has been that that big of a disruption uh, via Amazon. And yet, with One Medical, you didn't see huge moves like CVS, Caremark, a little bit in the market. Then this because I think this will be more disruptive in the long run. I think Amazon is yeah. really on something here. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. And as you say, like Amazon Prime becomes partly healthcare. I mean, that, that, is, a, uh, that is a big deal. So, okay, Lo, we have one more uh, company to talk about, at least among big... James oh. has to know more about the Apple car. Um, so let's just... Let's talk about Apple. I think it's sort of fitting that it will be the last of the five big tech companies to report because as you have, as you and I have talked about, it might also be the biggest wild card in the sense that we don't have as many good reads uh, about the business to know how things will go. So tell us about kind of uh, Apple, the, the importance of the numbers tonight and, and why you think Apple is a little bit of a wild card right now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there are lots of moving parts here. I mean, Apple um, faces some of the same headwinds that others do. Um, I think, uh, you know, one thing that's true in their case is um, the data we've been seeing on PC Eric, sales. Oh, um, no, I think I'm still here. Here, let me do one thing. I'm going to try and fix this one second. Hold on for a second. Okay, can you hear me? Alex, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Alex? Hello? Alex, are you there? Uh-oh. Hello, Alex? Oh, boy. I'm going to dial in. I don't know if you can hear me. Oops. Oh, Eric, are you there? Can you hear me now? I hear you, Eric. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what happened there. All right. Uh, sorry, everyone. Um, so I don't know if you did. You start your uh, Apple answer. Oh no. So let's start. Uh, we'll start with Apple again. So uh, what yeah. what I started to say with Apple. I don't know what happened there. But anyway, what I started to say with Apple is um, uh, we've been seeing uh, signs of significant softening in PC demand and smartphone demand. How that will translate to Mac and iPhone sales. We'll see, but that is a that is a risk. Uh, there's a complicated dynamic, both uh, uh, in terms of the supply chain and uh, demand picture from China, uh, where no doubt at the beginning of the the period, the beginning of the most recent quarter, uh, you know, you had widespread manufacturing shutdowns. That was likely a problem in that part of the quarter, but by all reports, demand in China for iPhones in particular is very robust. We'll see how that plays out. We're also getting, uh, we're also just a few months away now from the next iPhone cycle, which, you know, sometimes people slow purchases of iPhones anticipating the next one. So we'll see if that's an issue for them. Um, right. you know, they face currency issues, uh, considerable currency issues. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're one of these companies that uh, uh, has some, uh, has warned that it's going to be an issue and it's likely to be a bigger issue. Now, on the other hand, interestingly, um, 
uh, they warned last quarter that they thought that supply chain issues were going to reduce revenue by something in the four to eight billion dollar range. Uh, the thinking on the street is that it'll be at the low end of that or maybe below that actually pro that, that, that supply chain issues have started to get fixed faster than people had anticipated. Um, so that's an interesting thing. And then on this uh, and then the other wild card here is um, uh, is their services revenue line where, you know, which is a fast growing part of the, the mix. Uh, right. But there's lots going on in there. And there have been some concern about like the pace of uh, growth from the. Uh, the app store, there's there's just a lot of stuff in that number that makes it a little harder to predict. They actually said last quarter that services uh, in the June quarter would be a little slower growing than in the March quarter. Uh, okay. it, it's kind of a wild card. Now, the other thing that I think is in, what makes Apple so interesting is when you get, you know, we talked about like these long-term positions yeah, where right, like Microsoft is great, Meta yeah. not so great. Apple's a wild card. Like there's a, there's a whole bunch of things which we, you know, we've talked about. Uh, what's going to happen with an Apple car? Like, when do we get the Apple, you know, mixed reality or virtual reality glasses? Um, you know, what are they going to do in the financial fintech space? There's also been some interesting uh, speculation that they might adopt a, a hardware subscription model where, you know, you'd, you would, uh, you would buy your Apple hardware under uh, like, uh, like as a subscription, like it was a service. Uh, which might open up the ability for people who might not have the uh, resources to buy devices outright to just kind yeah. of buy them over time. Lots of opportunity for Apple, but we don't really know what they're going to do. Um, yeah. They did hire a new guy to run the Apple car business this week, a guy from Lamborghini reportedly. So, um, you know, lots of variability it's there. Very Apple-esque choice, I guess, Lamborghini. Yeah. Now, one thing I would say, I think that's important to keep in mind on Apple is uh, Apple has not provided specific earnings guidance since the beginning of uh, the pandemic. So more than two years yeah. now, they've stopped doing that. They used to provide more specific advice. They will provide color on the call. And this is one of those calls that you kind of want to listen to uh, because uh, Luca Maestri, the CFO, will provide some color but probably not beyond the September quarter, right? So, you know, whereas Microsoft's talking about growth next year, Apple tends not to do that. Um, and, you know, the, the outlook for the September quarter might be a little rough. You're still dealing with all these short-term issues uh, around the macro economy. So it's kind of a crapshoot on Apple. You know, the stock, yeah. by the way, is only down about 12% year to date. Like it's actually hung in pretty well, better than the other large cap names. Yeah. Um, so we'll, well see. I, 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 it's going to be fascinating. I will say from the long term, you know, we have both Meta, the Meta versus Apple comparison, both of them with these really big long term potential bets. I think one of the differences is that uh, Apple is operating from a much stronger position of strength. And Meta for sure. I want. I, then again, though, investors have recognized that, right? I mean, when you look at the multiples of these businesses, Apple's trading what still in the high twenties, where Facebook is in the low teens, I think. So, um, yeah. you know, the question is how much of it is priced in, as is always the case. So, all right, I think we're actually kind of close to the end here. I wanted to just first apologize for that slight technical error um, that we had, and uh, you know, a couple things we didn't get to, Eric. Uh, 
Comcast is having an awful day because um, the company is finally is no longer growing its broadband subscribers. That's a big change. We'll have to save that for another time. Uh Um, But that's something worth watching. I think it's uh, Comcast is down 10 percent and having its worst day since 2008. So, hey, let me just throw other one to watch, uh, which is uh, later today, uh, which is Intel. Uh, Uh, Yes, right, right. Uh, we, we didn't really have a chance to talk about Intel, but I think it's, uh, you know, we're going to get two interesting uh, topics of discussion there. One is, uh, you know, we'll really get a feel, some further uh, data on the strength of the PC market uh, or the lack of strength of the PC market, which used to be, you know, yep. now estimates are that's kind of, the PC sales will be down about 10% this year. We'll see what Intel has to say about that. Yeah. And, okay. And um, we'll also and get the, the some maybe more commentary or perhaps why it's relevant is this latest CHIPS Act. Um, exactly. that we just got uh, passed from the Senate and maybe on its way to being signed, passed in the House and signed by President Biden very soon. So, uh, Eric, thanks again for being here. And uh, this was really great. We hope you'll listen to our next episode tomorrow. Uh, Mansion Global, Ma- Mansion Global reporter Leslie Hendrickson will be joined uh, by economists from Realtor.com and a real estate broker from Sotheby's about the housing market in Sunbelt cities. So thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a good day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.